Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Hope you are having a phenomenal Monday morning. I tell you what, it, I've had a blast this weekend. I have gotten so much accomplished. Now, now, bar none, we're not talking about, you know, there's never a hiccup. Because crying out loud, if, if we didn't go through life having hiccups, then life, gosh, it'd be boring, you know what? I mean, it would just downright suck. So there's always a challenge, always something that's coming up. And it depends on how you look at it. And, you know, I got so much done around the house. I got so much done in my journal. I spent a quality time on the phone with my mom. I talked with my boys. I mean, when I look at life, it's like, wow. You know, but it's only there and it's gone in a flicker, just in a flicker. And that's why when I was getting out Chris's book today, I read three chapters this morning, sitting there drinking coffee at breakfast. And I thought, man, this is this is a book that that such a small book, but yet I can't put it down. You know, Michelangelo's secrets for following your passion and finding the work you love, the angel inside. And I thought, man, today we're talking about the beauty through details, and Chris opens up this chapter. The masters, the one who succeed tremendously and set the standards for others, are those who master the details. I pondered that. I sat there and I was watching a storm come in over the harbor this morning. I was thinking back over my weekend. And I thought it's the details that make the difference. It's the details that stand out. And when we look at Michelangelo's work, and we look at the giant David, there there is probably hundreds, if not thousands, of statues around the world of King David. Why is it that Michelangelo's is the best of them all, the most famous, the one that people travel tens of thousands of miles to visit? I mean, when you think about that, it's not that Michelangelo was the only artist of of quality. So what was it? It's interesting when you think about it. What is it that makes it stand out? The old man told Tom Thomas, he said, study it and tell me, what is it that you see? And as Thomas went around the the statue, he said, I I don't see it. He goes, well, I'm not going to give you the answer. But let me ask you this. How realistic does David look to you? Well, Thomas started looking at it again. The rippling of the muscle. The stomach, the ribs, the chest. Even his manlyhood. Everything in proportion as he was looking at it. Understand, this is a naked David standing there. He sat there and he pondered for a long time. He goes, man, you can see it. It looks very real. The old man said, yes, tell me in what ways. He said, well, the toes, the muscles in his legs, the tendons, the veins, everything, it's so real. He said, that is correct. He said, what sets Michelangelo apart from other artists at his time in that that era and is what has allowed it to go on for centuries was the detail. 
The old man said, Thomas, listen to me. This is the lesson for today. The beauty is always in the details. I pondered that as I was reading Chris's book. I thought the the beauty's in the details. My mom had said something to me <clears throat> this last week. We were chatting. And and in, in not so many words, because crying out loud, I, I talk to my mama so much, there's no way I can tell you verbatim what she said, but I'll tell you the gist of what she said and why it sticks out to me. And why of all the women in my life outside of my my wife, makes sense to me. She said, you've put so much into the last 24 years. Don't ever let anything screw that up. Now, she's been married to my dad like 45, 46 years, so she's got a right to say that. And I pondered that. As I'm reading this, I thought, the beauty's in the details. See, I'll tell you a little secret because my wife's either either she's just getting up or, or she's on the road or something at this time, so she doesn't get to listen to the radio show enough to where I'm worried about her hearing this. But the beauty of the details, when my mom had said that to me, what I did was I went out and bought a journal, a private journal just for my wife. And each day I'm writing down something in detail about why I love her so much, what she means to me, what she as a woman has done to help me change my life. So I got to thinking about this. If we would take as much energy in our relationships and in work as we do in pleasing ourselves, it's amazing what we might be able to accomplish. As I went ahead and I, I was reading more, Chris wrote this. He said, all throughout life there are people who do work for various sorts. Most people do average work. Now, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to add something because I've heard this for years and I believe it. Most people do just enough to keep from getting fired. And most companies pay them just enough to keep them from quitting. And when I read what Chris wrote, I thought, man, this is pretty powerful. He said, now some people do above average work. The masters, the ones who succeed tremendously and set the standards for others are those who master the details. The thing that makes an otherwise typical statue, something that men and women today know in every culture, is the emphasis on the detail. The giant finds its beauty in the details. Paige and I, when we first moved to Destin, there was an art gallery here, and we went in. And we wanted this so bad, but we didn't have a house that we could put it in. But it was it was a... a, a I guess you'd call it a statue, except the the couple was laying down, and it was a it was a it was a it was it's like love in the wild I think was the name of it, and it was it was a man and a woman, beautiful entwined, not 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 having sex, just cuddling, just be, but the outline, the beauty. They were buck naked. They were in the in the in the woods on the beach, whatever it was. And Paige and I sat there and I said, man, that's just gorgeous, because it was just like Michelangelo. The details. It just popped out in 3D, and it was a beautiful sculpture. And I thought, that's the way life is. When you get down to the detail, it pops out at you. When you're doing something that you love and your passion's in it, it pops out to you. See, that's what makes a difference. The old man said, you know, many used to joke that Michelangelo must have crucified somebody 
so to know firsthand the details of what Christ on the cross would truly look like. Now, although that wasn't true, Michelangelo read and read and read and read about the crucifixion. And then he created the Sistine Chapel. See, mastering human form. I haven't probably mastered human form or I'd look like some god, I guess, instead of a little middle-aged dude with bald head. But what I have mastered is human nature. I've mastered what humans do and how they try to manipulate. A lot of times, my quietness or my questions that I will ask people, whether it's in sales, in a personal life or what, comes across, and people have said, boy, it comes across kind of like you're weak, like you're dumb, like you don't know anything. And inside, I kind of snicker because it's just the opposite. So I believe in questions. I believe the more questions they, that you ask, the deeper an understanding that you're able to go. I love serving other people, but I want to make sure that I'm serving people, first of all, from the right intention, second of all, that they have the right acceptance. Some people will let you serve them, and they're just takers. So you have to learn the difference. Michelangelo had a passion. He wanted to serve others. And he did it through his art. I think he wanted to serve his dad. But he couldn't serve his dad the way he, his dad thought he needed to serve him. He had to do it in a different way. I thought, wow. The old man went on and Chris wrote, <clears throat> The lesson, Thomas, is that when we are working in areas that we have no passion for, when there is no pleasure attached, it is natural for us to simply do whatever we will to get us by. Producing work that's mediocre at best. But we find our passion in what we love, in what brings us joy. And we spend hours on end on our passion and find that we easily lose track of time. Passionate work is when you wake up in the morning and can't wait to get to it. When we're so engrossed in the details of the work that we find ourselves forgetting everything else. I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to do this. He would go to work in the mornings. And he always stopped by his his workbench where he had all his lapidary material. And that, that that's just a fancy word for he's an old rocksmith and, and jewelry maker. He'd stop in the morning and he'd look and he'd he'd turn the polish on. You could hear it whiz. Oh, as that motor started turning that belt, he'd do a little bit of work, look at his watch, jump in the car, and head out to work. In the evening time, after eight, nine, ten hours of work, you'd hear the garage door go up with that, you know. You'd hear it go down. The car door would open. No dad. All of a sudden, You'd hear that polisher whoop up. He'd do a little bit more polishing. Then he'd come upstairs. It was his passion. He loved that. He does the same thing with woodworking. I'll tell you something else he did. It used to drive me nuts. He'd set up a chessboard and then he would smack our butts if we touched it. 
and he would play chess. Now he would he would move a piece. He'd go to work. It might be two or three days. He'd come back, look at that board. And he'd move another piece. And Dag Nabbit, if one of us moved a piece on there, he'd get he'd yeah he'd know. He loved chess so much. I remember one day, and and I I mean this was just something I just loved to do. I'd love to hang out with my dad because we didn't get to do it a lot. And one day he said, "Come on, you're gonna go with me. We're gonna go downtown to a, to a, to a I think it was a game store is what it was called because I'm gonna play a game of chess." Now, I had no daggum clue that when he played a game of chess against a real opponent, that it was the most god-awful, boringest thing that you've ever seen. It is worse than watching cross-country skiers. And we spent a Saturday with him playing chess and me just walking around the store. Now, i got to admit, I got to hang out with him. But any time after that, he said, come on, I'm going to go play chess. I tell you what, I was busy. I'd mow the grass before I'd guess go play chess like that. But it was his passion so when I'm sitting here reading what Chris is writing, I'm laughing because my dad could have played chess, I think, for a living. My dad could make jewelry for a living. My dad could have taught Greek, I think, for a living. These are passions that he has. I know for a fact he could tell you how to love a lady unconditionally for his life. See, when you do things that you passionately enjoy... All of a sudden, it's not work anymore. See, when you become so engrossed with the details, you forget everything else. Now, that can cause it to be a little imbalanced every now and then. But think about it. If you're, if you're engrossed in something that you're passionate about and you get a little bit lopsided, because I don't believe any... As a matter of fact, I think it's a myth to be balanced in life. But what happens is all of a sudden, everything else around you benefits from your joy. It's a lot better than coming home griping, moaning, yelling at the kids, telling the wife to shut up and popping another beer and watching TV. What good's that do you? See, this is what's so powerful about this book. This is what I love about it. He said, Thomas, do you understand what I'm saying? He said, well, not really because I work with numbers and I can't, I can't screw that up. He said, but you know what? I do find myself slacking off more than I'd like. It's tough enough just showing up at every day, let alone doing any more work than I have to. He said, that's my point. He said, listen, do you see that once you have passion in the work that you're good at, then you'll be able to create your own lasting masterpiece? Thomas, think, a life that is beautiful and powerful Think about how to be when you go home and you begin to work on what you love. Not only will you have the passion to master the details, you will for the first time in life be able to. Thomas stared at David and then he remembered, everyone has an angel inside. You just got to follow your passion, develop self-confidence, and finally for now, remember that the beauty is in the details. So many times we've heard this myth, don't focus on the small things, focus on the big things. Don't worry about the small things, just focus on the big things. And that's what hurts people. See, if you're not focused on the small things, big things won't matter. <clears throat> my my 25-year-old JT and I had a discussion this weekend, and we were chatting, him and actually his girlfriend too, and and they said, you're so open-minded. 
I said, how so? What do you mean by open-minded? Well, you're just not judgmental. I said, well, not being judgmental and being open-minded are two different things. I said, I don't judge others in the way that you guys are probably thinking. And as we continued to talk, I said, explain to me a little bit more on on this open-mindedness. And as we sat there, they said, well, you're a Christian, Troy, and you don't judge us. I said, oh, that's true. That's true. I said, but let me explain something. I said, I don't judge you because you're not living the same life that I am, nor do you profess to live the same life that I do. And they sat there for a minute and said, what do you, what do you mean? I said, well, let's take Christians, because I'm a Christian and you're a Christian. I said, let's take that, that concept for a second, Christians. I said, the Bible says we're not to judge as Christians, and that's what you guys have alluded to, correct? Well, yeah. I said, okay, but there's more to that. I said, see, if there's another Christian who's a professing Christian, walking the same walk or purportedly walking the same walk I am, living under the grace of God, believes that Jesus died on the cross to save them from their sins, I said, I have a right to judge them based on their fruits or lack thereof. I said, but when somebody's not living or professing to be a Christian, I should not judge them because they're not they're not at the same level playing field. Nor I am nor am I on their same level playing field. I said that's where I open up, and that's where you guys probably think I'm open minded because in my book, I need to come alongside of you guys, be there to support you, pray for you. And and deep down inside, you guys might even see that it's judgmental that I'm praying that your lifestyle would change. Because I don't agree with your lifestyle. I just don't judge you for your lifestyle. Now, you talk about a deep and pondering conversation. And you may be saying, Troy, what's that got to do with this? Because the beauty is in the details. See, my son and his girlfriend know that they don't have to lie to me about anything. They can be open, they can talk to me, and I'm not going to judge them. I'm probably going to get frustrated sometimes, I'm going to pray a lot, but they understand that. However, there's other people in life that will lie to you about the smallest detail of things. Because they're not happy, they're not living in their passion. See, when Chris writes this, he writes, I think for everybody to understand, this is about every part of your life, not just in business. See, you have to be passionate about what it is that you're going to do in life, men especially. Now, ladies, please don't be offended. But for the most part, there's still more men in the workplace, and men kind of dominate the workplace. And that's why they say women have glass ceilings and all that. So if there's a glass ceiling out there, and women are held down. I think I've come up with a reason why that might be. See, I think the reason it is because men, for the most part, aren't living in their passion. They're not. They're not living their life the way it was intended. They're not. They're not focused on their purpose, so they live out of fear. They fear that a woman might do a better job or a man might do a better job, so they keep a glass ceiling on everybody. What happens when everybody, if we would just focus on what we're 
wanting to do in life. <clears throat> I know some ladies that they don't want to do anything but be waitresses. They love that job. They make great tips. They get to wait on all kinds of people, meet interesting people. They have fun. They work short shifts. They go home. It's not for everybody. I know guys that love to own truck stops and hang out with truckers all the time. They just think that's the coolest thing. Probably is for them. There's this new show I watch called Missouri Truck Stops. It's hilarious. But it's interesting to watch the passion that some people have in their business. If you and I are passionate at what we do for a living, we'll be passionate in our life. And that means we'll start developing a true life, something we can be excited about and happy about. But we've got to give up some of this stuff about some of these myths that we've been taught that are nothing more than lies holding us back. We need to focus on the small details. <clears throat> Everything in life has small details, and if we'll focus on that, how more beautiful it would be. When you're sitting there today and you're looking at your work, I want you to think about this. Am I doing what I truly love? If you're in network marketing and you're listening to this, this is big. I want you to listen to me real closely. When you hear me say on my trainings or you read my writings and I say it's never about the comp plan, the reason I say that is because of what Chris wrote in this book. See, if you're passionate about the cause, behind your company, if you're passionate about the product or the service in your company because it saved you money, changed your life, whatever the case is, then that means that you would yell from the top of the roof how that's helped you. You wouldn't care about the money. You would have so much passion, so much energy, so much purpose that you would make money automatically because people would know that you're not trying to sell them something that you're sharing something with them. When I talk about the different companies that are out there, the 2110, the Vimas, the Limas, the Life Force International, the Numus Network, you know, when I talk about these companies, you want to know why? It's because somehow these companies have affected my life in a positive way. It's because I've got to know the owners and realize that they are men on missions or women on missions. It's exciting to me when I see this kind of stuff. And yet inside, my heart breaks every time I see a new fly-by-night pyramid or scam come online. And the masses flock to it like some flash mob. It tears me up. Because I know that down the road, they're going to come to their senses, but it'll be too late and they'll be hurt. There's no reason for that. There's a true sadness when you realize that sometimes people aren't going to listen. When you realize that sometimes people don't want to focus on the details. They just want to splat the paint up on the canvas, so to speak, and, and call it modern art. I think Michelangelo, if he was here today, would look at the some, some things that we call art and cringe. I told you about the sculpture that Paige and I saw. I mean, we, we were probably there 15 or 20 minutes admiring 
the beauty. I mean, this this woman's body was just magnificent. This man's body, the ripple muscles up his leg and his was was. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is real art. But yet, there's people today with a little airbrush put out magazines or pictures that don't do don't do justice to the art. They don't do justice to the to the creation that we are as human beings. What would happen, think about this, if you wrap your mind around it, what would happen if you focused in 100% on the details in your life? Start small, dadgummit. It's not like you can just quit your job, probably. Start with your life. What small detail can you change in your life today that would make it better? What one thing, could you start telling the truth more? Could you stop embellishing the facts? Could you stop hyping your product or your service? Could you just reach out to somebody and say, I care about you, I want to help you succeed? What is it that you you could do that would be classified focusing in on the details to change your life and somebody else's? Think about that. Tomorrow, we're back in the same book, The Angel Inside, but listen to this. This is going to be fun. You know, there's this... There's this old thing out there that that says, you know, if you if you believe it long enough, it'll come to you. If you if you think about it, it'll happen. If you can conceive it, you can you can do it. Type of deal, you know all that stuff. Listen to what Chris says. This next chapter is called "Your Hand Creates What Your Mind Conceives." Now that is a little different twist. See, it's not about what your mind can conceive and then poof, it's going up there like like my dream of genie. It's what your mind can do, your hands can create. Now think about that. If your mind can conceive it, your hands can create it. Tomorrow it's going to be a fun chapter. We're going to have fun with this. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me right here on Real Mentors Radio. Bye now.